Good morning, everyone. Today is Monday, August 13th. See, I looked before I started talking. And it is 7.39. I am bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this Monday morning. I, uh, I woke up at 6, so that was good. I think probably because I slept like 9 hours a night, both nights of the weekend. I'm not sure what was up with that, but... Clearly, I had some catching up to do, not some explaining to do, but some catching up to do. And so now I feel pretty rested and refreshed. I always think of those, I, I think it was a Bloomsbury cartoon way, way back in the day when I first began to understand politics. Oh, hang on, we have to go through the passageway of doom. But it was, um, oh, I, you know, I'm not sure I even did understand the political context, but they were talking about bringing uh, Nixon back for the presidential campaign, and his campaign slogan was, he's tanned, rested, and ready. Now look at all the little fairy rings of Choya. <coughs> Mr. Packrat has been busy. I should have grabbed the broom. Gracious. All right, let's see if I can navigate the minefield. I should remember to take a picture since I haven't dis disturbed it today of the actual ring of Choya. Oh, and there's another little dropping on the table. That's really sweet. Thank you, Mr. Packrat. So anyway, tanned, rested, and ready. I'm ready to hit the weekend. It's going to be a busy week. So good that I'm feeling perky about it. I uh, started to make a list this morning of people to blurb the Orchid Throne because both Agent Sarah and Editor Jenny had mentioned that in September we'll be sending that out once I finish the revisions on it. Did I tell you guys about that? I'm trying to remember. I probably did, didn't I? Yeah, where Jenny said it was so freaking good. Maybe I could just keep telling you that. I'll tell you that every day because I'm so happy. And it was a great edit letter. So anyway, I'm going to get those edits back to her by um, around September 10th is the plan. Here comes Kerbville Thrasher taking a grape. These grapes are all for you, honey. All for you. I'm never going to harvest them. <laughs> uh, and then they'll be sending it out for blurbs. So both Sarah and Jenny had mentioned that we needed to... Oh, my God, I haven't even had my cup of coffee yet. I'm, I'm clearly going on all cylinders today. Hang on. Oh, that's good. I probably don't even need the caffeine. So they had asked me to start thinking about who to send it to. And it was on my mind this morning for no good reason. So I started making a list of my friends, people I can hit up to say nice things about the Orchid Throne. And of course, there's the people who are my really good friends, people like Dorinda and Grace, who I can say, you will give me a blurb and it will be nice. And they'll say, of course, honey. <laughs> uh, you know, and then there's sort of like expanding circles from there, people who will probably agree because we're friendly and they like my work that's always the crux right because you know sometimes you have friends who don't like your work or you don't like their work and that's really difficult you know and then there are people you're know, sort of friends of friends and 
you know, they'll, but it goes out through Jenny, and so they'll be able to decline and just say, oh, no, so busy, so terribly, terribly busy. <laughs> but I was thinking about it and thinking how different this is for me than with my very first book, um, which was Wyoming Trek's True Love and the Weather Channel, my essay collection. And that came out in 2004, lo these many moons ago. And I, <laughs> it was funny because I was kind of in like those literary circles, literary circles. And I don't know, I've, I had a different approach to things. In some ways, I was ballsier because I felt like my work was good and deserved good people to blurb it um, in a way that I don't now. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I can explain that. But also, I think I didn't... I, I was ignorant enough that I didn't know how forward I was being at the time. But I had picked out my favorite memoirists because um, the book was, you know, essay collection of creative nonfiction, so personal essays. So I picked out my favorite memoirists and sent them these very chirpy letters saying, hi, I get to be one of you, and will you blurb my book? And so I, um, I wrote letters to Mary Carr because I loved the Liars Club. And I wrote to, um, why am I blanking on her name? She wrote The Bean Trees and the Poisonwood Bible. Barbara Kingsolver. I, I wrote to Barbara Kingsolver. I, only I couldn't find Barbara Kingsolver's uh, address, so I wrote to her agent and sent the letter to her. And I asked other people, too, um, some of my teachers. Ron Carlson gave me a wonderful blurb. I should go look at the book and see who all gave me wonderful blurbs for it. But, um, you know, some people were just so incredibly generous. But And Barbara Kingsolver's agent wrote me back and said, Barbara gets asked to do, and now I know what a wonderful letter this was, um, Barbara gets asked to do blurbs all the time, and unfortunately she just can't. She said, but, because I'd mailed the book with it, you know, I just mailed my author copies, um, she said, but I looked at your book and I just thought it was so wonderful that I'm going to show it to her and see if she wants to, which she didn't ever. But, you know, how nice was that? And I don't even remember who the agent was because I didn't have that little file folder in my brain then that kept track of pe whose people's agents were. I might have the letter somewhere. I should have saved it. Um, and Mary Carr just didn't reply. And I, I emailed it to her university postage box, you know. And maybe she gets tons of those things, and maybe she was really aggravated. But, you know, she didn't reply at all. I think she was the only person who did not give me any kind of reply. And this was these were the days of quasi-email. I mean, some people had email, but... Not everybody used it, not by any stretch. Uh, and it was still kind of, I don't know, sexy and exciting and incomprehensible if you did use email. So, you know, it wasn't like you could dash off a fast email to people, uh, even though I did a lot of stuff at email by via email then. Oh, hello, Ren. 
That's who you heard making that little ratcheting sound. Oh, yep, she's demonstrating for you. <laughs> I love those little wrens. They're really cute because they're small birds and they have these long, narrow, dark tails and the tails flip as they make their calls, sort of flip up in the air like a like a cat's tail looking all excited. See, the, the birds are happy this morning too. There's a definite autumnal feel in the air. There has been the last few days. These storms brought in some cool air and now there's a definite sense of um, summer starting to turn that kind of energetic packing in of all of the birds are really eating. The hummingbirds have been going crazy fighting over the feeders. The plants are starting to pack the energy into their roots to make it through the winter. It'll be interesting to see if we have an early winter. It will be interesting to see if I come and sit out in this grape arbor in the winter as I'm kind of contemplating having my cup of coffee with you all. I wonder how crazy that will be. I kind of like the idea of seeing if I can do it. So I always, I don't know, that made me think less of Mary Carr, whom I've never met, um, you know, and of course was perfectly justified in not replying to this upstart essayist from Laramie, Wyoming, who had the balls to send her a book and say, hi. But, you know, it still bothers me that she never replied. So I do try to reply to people, even though I'm, you know, not Mary Carr's stature. Although I've written a lot more books than she has, so that's there's something. Uh, I might meet her one day, and I just know if I ever meet her, I'm going to say, hey, you know, you never <laughs> replied to me. <laughs> Not that I hold on to stuff or anything. So it's different thinking about how this is now that, um, you know, the people who then very readily and willingly gave me blurbs were people who knew me. They had been my teachers or uh, my acquaintances in the writing world. And, you know, that's, that's a huge difference because asking a blurb is a favor. And, you know, and there are plenty of times when I tell people I can't. You know, sometimes I do. Sometimes I just can't. Sometimes I'm tremendously eager because I can't wait to get my hands on their book anyway, and that makes a good excuse. So I feel less, well, certainly less chirpy. We're, we're all less chirpy than we were 15 years ago, right? But also... Um, I don't know. It's more matter of course. It's like, oh, sure, I'll put this best-selling mega author on this list to send a blurb to, and I hope she likes my book, but she also owes me <laughs> because I bought her a drink or because I blurbed her book or what have you. Um, it's just I probably feeling like being in a different level. I wrote an essay back then that I think... I've never published. I should dig that out and put it on the blog sometime. Because I really liked it. And it was one of those, you know, when you're writing essays all the time and sending them out to magazines, you just have some that never make it through. Uh, and this one was called something like The Next Level or Leveling Up. Or I <laughs> Here's the hummingbirds. Speaking of hummingbird wars. The um, It was a gaming metaphor, which 
I probably should be wary of since I'm not really a gamer and I know passing things about it I've only ever played a few games. The only game I know that I've like role playing game sort of thing that I've ever played was Larry the Lounge Lizard and it was because nobody had the directions and I wanted to solve the puzzle so badly and I spent an entire weekend trying to figure it out and took it all the way through to the end which is actually one of the reasons that I it's when I tell people that story about gaming and they say, oh, well, see, you do like to game. Why don't you do more of it? And it's like, because I'm that kind of person that I want to solve the game and I will spend, it was a long weekend too, it was like Labor Day, I will spend, or no, it was spring, some like Memorial Day weekend, I will spend the entire weekend trying to solve the game. And I, I have other things I need to do with my time, so I can't possibly... Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be that interfaced with a screen. So where was, oh, I was talking about the gaming and leveling up. Uh, you know, it's interesting because like when you're a newbie author, you're playing at like that basic level of the game. And so you guys are going to have to forgive me. Forgive me my poor gaming analogies right now because they're probably a lot of them like 20 years old and maybe left over from Pong and things that I gleaned from like DOS games that my boyfriend in high school played. So anyway, when you're a newbie author, you have like no power, you have no friends, you're, you know, like all you have is sort of this great hopefulness. It's like the fool in Tarot. You're sort of venturing out into the world, you know, with your staff and your bag and your, and your perkitude. And you're, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And in some ways that saves you because you do things like sending letters to Barbara Kingsolver asking her to blurb your book. I've never met her either. And I would like to. Sorry, tangent. I'm trying to think of... Um, oh, well, it doesn't matter. So, you know, it's it's funny because you run around and you do all of these things and you start gaining your power and collecting your various tools and things that you need and you go to teachers and they teach you and they kind of give you power because then they will do things like help you later and you gain skills and you gain various abilities and if you pay attention you start gaining friends and you get better at what you're doing and then when you get your book published you think that you've won. You know, and it's like all this rejoicing. Yay, I got my book published. And it's, and you have, but it's like all you've done is you've completed level one. It's like, and now you get to ascend to level two. And, and by the time you finish level one, you're like the top of level one. You are the most powerful, the most connected, the snazziest, sexiest of all the level one authors. And that's, and that's why you sort of get to ascend and you get your book published and you leave the land of unpublished authors behind and they wave at you, um, sadly, jealously, joyfully, uh, maybe all of these things at once as is human nature to be. And you go to level two, and now you are a published author. And you know what? You have to start all over again. 
it's like you are you have no power the connections you have are like level one connections um you have none of the tools you need to navigate level two like all of that stuff you know like i can finish a book well everybody on level two has finished a book and a lot of them have done a lot more than that so what else you got baby uh, it was an interesting thing for me. And then you're at the very, very bottom of the heap again. Because everybody on level two has done more than you. <laughs> and it's funny. So now I am at level whatever. Who knows what level this would be. If we count it by years. Let's say I'm at level 15 or something. And... The nice thing, these are the Tohis. I don't know what they are battling about. They're just having a... Oh, no, that was... Yeah, it is the Tohis. What's going on, guys? They're in the crab apple tree. <laughs> One of the Tohis is on the branch looking at me now like, what? Oh, I wasn't doing anything. So, yeah, now at level 15, the nice thing about the higher levels is that there's... Well, it's good and bad. The demarcations are not so obvious. You don't, you can't really tell what you've passed from level to level, except perhaps in your own mind when you get something. You know, like for me, winning the Rita felt like moving up a level. Um, and it was in many ways because a lot of bigger name authors who had no idea who I was then knew who I was. So it was sort of like you get admitted to the next level of people. And so the nice thing about the higher levels is that you do get to bring more power with you. Maybe there's a gaming analogy for that. Kareen can tell me, no doubt. But you're, you're able to bring more with you because you, the experience applies and the connections apply. And you, you're just, and, and you have people. <laughs> I think Tohis might be... Are you guys mating? What are you guys doing? You know, they're just talking about... I think they're talking about needing to store up food for the winter. <laughs> so anyway, it's... Uh, it, it does get... The upper levels... I, I guess in game... That's where the anal analogy falls apart, right? Because in gaming, the upper levels get harder and harder, Right? And in some ways, in this, the upper levels do start to get easier. Um, in some ways, the the stakes are much higher because you're always worried, you know, like, oh, well, this book is going to ruin my career or, you know, I'm going to fail. There's always that haunting sense of, at this point, I'm going to fail. And also, I know, you know, you know a lot of people now who have failed or given up. I'm I'm not sure that anyone really fails unless they stop. But I know a lot of writers who've been my friends and critique partners and um, agency mates and publishing mates who are, uh, you know, no longer writing. And I think about them. I think about them a lot and wonder how they feel about things and what they're doing and uh, you know, so maybe that's part of the game is that you get fewer. That's it. It's definitely there. The upper levels, you get each level, you, there are fewer and fewer people playing the game. Um, except for, you know, like you have all of the people down on like level one and level two and level three. And they're, and they're the ones writing to me now and saying, would you please? 
and uh, and I answer them, damn it, or I have my assistant or my agent to answer them. <laughs> so, well, random music, random musings for a Monday morning, as these all are. Thank you all for sticking with me. I appreciate it. And more and more of you are listening all the time, so I must not be boring you to death. Uh, Always willing to take suggestions. (laughs) Fewer birds would be a legit suggestion, but I don't know what we could do about that. Um, So I'm going to take a picture of this Choya ring for you. And I hope you all have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. I will be here tomorrow. And thank you all for sharing my first cup of coffee with me. It was a good one. Thanks. Bye.